G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Something you will find disturbing is that persecution against Christians around the world has intensified with COVID-19. Reports are that Christians have been refused COVID-19 aid in some countries across Asia, the Middle East and Africa. This news accompanies the release of the latest World Watch List from Open Doors that COVID-19 has intensified the persecution and discrimination of at least 340 million Christians around the world over this past year. Let's get some insights. Murray Noble from Open Doors is joining us for the latest developments and this year's World Watch List. Murray, welcome back to 2020. Neil, thanks for having me. Murray, it is disturbing, isn't it? COVID-19, a catalyst for discrimination against Christians. This is something that I guess has been anticipated, but it's always a shock. Indeed. In a world that is already struggling so much to respond to this pandemic, it's incredibly frustrating and disappointing to hear that it has also created more opportunities for persecution and discrimination to exist against Christians. And so when you've got this denial of emergency relief, that technically becomes another dimension of what happens when Christians are persecuted for their faith. That's correct. And we've seen that in a number of different countries where we're really just talking about basic human rights and needs being denied purely because of a faith. We can look at Nigeria where Christians are receiving one-sixth of the portion of supplies compared to Muslims, or even to India where majority of Christians received zero supplies because they were being distributed by governmental authorities who disliked Christians. It surely is a prayer point for those listening to our conversation today. Let's give some attention to this year's World Watch List. And uh, you list the top 50 nations in the world as persecutors of Christians. Uh, Let's talk about North Korea because it's topped the list for the 20th year in a row. How far and above the next contender is North Korea? Well, it's it's easy to look at North Korea and suspect that it's far above any other as it's held that top spot for such a long time. But in reality, Afghanistan at number two is only just below North Korea. In fact, they both scored 94 out of 100 on our point scoring system. The only differentiation is that North Korea has a higher level of violence than Afghanistan. That's the only difference. So realistically, we are seeing persecution increase in a number of countries that are beginning to catch North Korea's level of persecution. Interestingly, you've been able to rate nations this year with different levels of priority when it comes to those persecutors. And you've got these extreme levels and very high levels. Give us an idea how the list looks when you talk about the different dimensions of levels you're able to categorise nations on. Well, normally our list consists of three levels. That's countries scoring above an 80 out of 100 on our list are rated as extreme. 60 to 80 are very high. And then 
just below 60, they're still rated as high from 40 to 60. But this year, for the first time, all 50 countries are either extreme or very high. That's saying the top 50 countries have a higher level of persecution than they've ever had before. And that score comes from a number of different factors. One of them is that violence I spoke about earlier. But we also see pressure from the government, pressure from the family, pressure from the community and similar areas like that. So, Murray, COVID-19, is there a direct correlation here as the intensity of persecution increases? Is that really reflected in the fact that the world is under all this increased pressure with COVID-19? It's definitely something that has changed how persecution has looked. This year, as a number of different countries have entered some form of lockdown, there have, in most countries, been less violent attacks. We haven't seen any Easter bombings like we did in uh, in April 2019. We haven't seen an Egypt bombing like we did in 2017. But on the personal level, we have seen increased instances of discrimination and persecution. So we did talk about those packs earlier, those survival packs and emergency relief packs that Christians were denied. But we also have seen, unfortunately, women facing increased persecution as a number of them have been locked down in domestic violence situations where their partner or their family may not be Christian and may be causing violence to them as they can't leave the house or escape to their support groups. So women especially have been adversely affected by this COVID-19 pandemic and in, in many ways have had increased persecution because of their faith. It's like an ongoing flow-on effect of the increasing pressure that comes with COVID-19 when there are groups like Christians in communities around the world who are under persecution. Human trafficking becomes worse. And so those Christian women in nations around the world, uh, particularly I'm thinking here Islamic nations, this is a big issue, isn't it? Especially for women here in Australia but to be mindful of, of uh, their sisterhood throughout the world. That's right. I think one of the hardest parts about COVID-19 is it has made support for isolated Christians so much harder. So in the past where there might have been the ability to head out once a week to meet with a community of believers or maybe have a phone call, something like that, that has become so much harder during COVID-19, which has taken away those, those support groups, making women more vulnerable. Mary, other dimensions too, where you've got authoritarian governments who are increasing surveillance on people, a lot of interest in the idea that there are governments that have taken advantage and exploited the situation to intensify their own power grab by using surveillance. But of course, when surveillance is used, oftentimes Christians are a target. That's right. I mean, here in Australia, we have the COVID safe app that there's a lot of news about whether it's effective or not. But we can be pretty confident that's not going to be used in any way that isn't clear and fair. Unfortunately, in many of our persecuted countries, that's not the case. We've seen China for a number of years now increase their surveillance by putting cameras in churches and just surveillance all around their society. And that has heightened again in COVID-19, with China really ramping up the amount of surveillance, um, even putting things like, alarms on doors to know if anyone has left the building when they shouldn't be leaving, all of which has made it harder for Christians to meet. And then we look at India and there's a new smartphone app that if people download their whereabouts are known and is making it harder for Christians to meet together as well. So surveillance has definitely been heightened almost 
in response to COVID-19, but as an excuse, definitely, as you said, to grab power for governments and gain control in many situations, making it harder for Christians to gather together. Murray, for a lot of people hearing about Christian persecution for the first time, the numbers are staggering. I mentioned in the introduction uh, numbers like 340 million Christians around the world uh, where there's increased persecution and discrimination. How do those numbers reflect when you're putting together your World Watch list? Well, put quite simply, one in eight Christians are facing persecution or discrimination. So when we all go around our churches, maybe you have a 50-person church or a 200-person church, imagine if one in eight people in your church were facing discrimination or persecution for their faith. Those are the kinds of numbers we're talking about in the World Watch list. And if you want to put it in a day-to-day example, on average, every day, we're looking at 13 Christians losing their life for Christ. We're looking at 12 churches or Christian buildings being attacked. We're looking at 12 Christians each day being unjustly arrested or detained or imprisoned because of their faith. And we're seeing five Christians every day abducted merely for following Jesus. Those are the kind of figures we're looking at when we talk about 340 million Christians facing persecution and discrimination. And Christians are frowned upon so deeply in some nations. I'm just looking at some detail here in Africa where Al-Shabaab in Somalia has in fact blamed Christians for COVID-19. That sort of thing typical when it comes to a persecution effort? It, it It was very surprising when I first read that. I couldn't quite believe that something so blatantly cool and different had been blamed on Christians because of their faith. But unfortunately, that is the situation in many countries where if Christians are viewed as second-class citizens or not even viewed as citizens as at all, they will be blamed for whatever comes along. So in this case, we have seen a number of incidents where COVID-19 has been blamed on Christians. In some countries, Christian nurses have been assigned the COVID ward without proper protection or medical equipment because it's their fault that COVID exists. So when we think of politics and a lot of politics around the world where one side against the other is becoming all the more tense and oftentimes consequences there, the blame for anything. So you've got persecutors using whatever tools possible to inflict the most harm and the greatest consequence on Christians. And that's happening not only between political groups, but it happens between religious groups. That's right. And again, it depends country to country where the persecution comes from. Sometimes it is the government, sometimes it's within the families. But regardless, it's always heartbreaking to see those in power taking more and more control and trying to stamp out the faith of those trying to follow Jesus. There was a group in India just last year who said, we are stamping Christianity out of our country by the end of the year. I mean, can you, can you imagine that, that kind of hatred and pushback against believers? It's just heartbreaking. And here we are, Christian believers, called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And uh, challenging times they are in the the 2020s. Just quickly, the top 10 on the World Watch list, can you run through those nations and give us an idea who's at number one and maybe count down from 10 to one uh, because we already talked about North Korea, but give us an impression here of the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our top 10 have almost stayed the same, but not quite. In number 10, we have India, which has had great pressure on Christians for a number of years now, uh, as Hinduism does take most control of most aspects of society. Yet at the same time, the church in India is definitely growing with over a million at least Christians in India living for Christ, which is wonderful news. 
We have Nigeria sitting at number nine, and Nigeria has been outside the top 10, but has just entered this year due to increased violence. And of any of the top 50 countries, Nigeria is ranked number one for violence against Christians. In fact, this year, there was nearly triple the number of deaths in Nigeria than the previous year, with nearly 3,800 Nigerian Christians losing their life for their faith. In number eight, we have Iran, which has been in the top 10 for a while now. We actually have seen some great opportunities for growth in Iran, with some laws being repealed, giving Christians a bit more protection than they've had in the past. So Iran, even though it's in the top 10, we have seen elements of progress. Yemen is in number seven. As we know, Yemen had a terrible famine this year, which increased opportunities for persecution as again supplies and needs for supplies was held back from Christians in the area. Eritrea is in number six, where in Africa we see denominational protectionism, which is to say they're trying to protect the ways that they are living and the religions that they have, um, and any Christian faces imprisonment um, or even death for following Christ. As we enter the top five, we have Pakistan, uh, where we have a ruling party that wants to maintain control, and Christianity is seen as a threat to that control. In number four, we have Libya, where Islamic oppression is a staple in society. Uh, if, you're, if you're not following Islam in Libya, there is no place for you in society. Number three, we mentioned Somalia before. Somalia has uh, a great opposition to anyone with faith, and any Muslim person coming to know Christ, uh, if they're found out, would be killed immediately. Number two, right behind North Korea is Afghanistan. Uh, again, similar to Somalia, faith, Christian faith is not allowed at all. Uh, and there is, unfortunately, no room for Christians to practice faith or gather together at all. A very small population of Christians in Afghanistan. Um, and finally, number one is North Korea, once again, uh, due to the almost worship of Kim Jong-un by all members of society being, being forced upon them. It makes it very hard for any Christian to share their faith or grow in their faith. Um, so that rounds out our top 10. But just, just before we leave the top 10, I should note that a country that used to be in the top 10 was Sudan. Sudan last year sat right up there at number six or number seven. But this year has left the top 10 because they've started introducing laws to protect Christians. They've abolished the Sharia law. And we've even seen people tried in, in court uh, for discriminating against Christians. So there are stories of hope even as we look at this top 10. Well, these are sobering times. It is a sobering time to think of the year ahead. And uh, we're not just called to uh, understand uh, these things that are happening in so far as persecution goes, just for, in some ways, our own information or even for some, their own entertainment, uh, but to actually be challenged to step out and do whatever we can to support those who are in the persecuted church around the world. Uh, Murray, the World Watch list, no doubt listeners will want to get a hold of that and look at all 50 nations. Uh, how can people be a support to open doors in your good work? The first and best thing you can ever do for Open Doors is to pray for our ministry and pray for the people that we help. Time and time again, we hear of the power of prayer and how it helps people follow Christ, even in the moments they feel most isolated. So please do pray for those 340 million Christians facing persecution. If you'd like to support our work, you can head to our website, which is opendoors.org.au. Right now, we have a campaign that is aimed at helping North Korean Christians. Those are Christians from the number one country on our world watch list, helping them in safe houses in China uh, and supporting them with emergency relief when they need it. So if you'd like to support us financially, that's an amazing campaign we're running right now. 
opendoors.org.au, you'll be able to get your head around the 2021 World Watch list. Murray Noble from Open Doors, thanks so much for joining us and updating us today on 2020. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.